Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, October 6th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, on Tuesday mornings, Mr. Cole Shelton. Cole, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? Cole, I'm doing well, man. Uh, it's going to be a busy week, just not even just with MMA. I mean, MMA is going to obviously be busy. We have UFC Saturday. We have Bellator Paris on Saturday, which is pretty good, too. But free agency with hockey. Me and you are big hockey nuts, so we're Canadian, obviously. We have to love hockey, so it's going to be crazy. Draft today, free agency. You got the NFL going on right now, baseball playoffs, uh, NBA finals. Man, it's, it's a good time to be a sports fan. I'll say that, Cole. How, having said that, in a couple weeks from now, I have no idea what's going to happen. We'll have UFC still, but the other stuff, who knows, right? Hopefully everyone stays safe, but I'm a little concerned about some of these other sports right now. Either way, Cole, we got a lot of MMA talk about today. So we'll start with UFC on ESPN 16, a.k.a. UFC Filing 4. That's from last week. We'll uh, recap that card, recap our picks and we'll preview this weekend's UFC on ESPN Plus 37, a.k.a. the UFC File and 5 Mariah Sanhagen card. we got some news and fight announcements. UFC 255 and 256 are going to have new main events, so we'll talk about those as well. I know you broke a fight yesterday, so we'll talk about that as well. we got a lot to get to, Cole. Let's get right into it. So we'll start with UFC on ESPN 16. That's the home and Aldana card, and we'll go through it one by one as always. We'll start with the main event, Cole. And as far as picks go, I mean, I had an okay night. Uh, I think you had an okay night too, Cole, like nothing crazy or anything like that. But, you know, the the, the one fight actually I, I think I did get pretty bang on as far as like the meth and everything goes is the main event because I expected this performance from Holly Holm. The experience, just a well-rounded game, man. Uh, the striking. She looked amazing. I mean, she looked great in this fight. It wasn't the most exciting fight, but she looked amazing, Cole. The striking was great, and the wrestling, too. Like I said on the podcast last week, I thought she would mix in some takedowns. And Aldana does have good takedown defense, but it's not great. In this fight, she got taken down quite a bit. You know, it's another one of these fighters, Cole, that had COVID-19. Had, she had a bad case of it. She talked to you about it, Cole. Another one of these fighters that had COVID-19 that lost. You know, it's it, I have to look at the record, but I'm pretty sure they've lost more than they've won. Uh, most of these fighters that they got it. So it was a poor, it was a poor performance from Aldana, man. I was expecting more from her. Honestly, I thought it'd be a little bit more competitive than that. It was pretty much a dominant fight. I know it was the most exciting fight, Cole, but uh, your thoughts on Holly Holmes' performance? Yeah, I was... I think I might have faded a bit too early. I just didn't know what she was going to be like. Just because she got knocked out to Nunes, she just didn't look... Even though she beat Raquel Pennington, it wasn't an exciting fight. She didn't look that good. So I wasn't sure like how what her, her skill level was at this fight. Although, again, it wasn't the most exciting. She dominated Aldana. But I really think the UFC kind of botched this entire family yep. division. They yep. should have never booked this fight. It should have just been Aldana Nunes. Because yep. now you have Holm and GDR winning. Yep. And they both fought Nunes last year. So now what's Nunes going to do at 135? Like, I didn't really understand, especially after Aldana knocked out Kellen Vieira last December. That should have been the fight in June. You didn't need to do Spencer Nunes at 145. You could have just done Aldana Nunes in like May or June for at 135 because now 135 like it there's no contender really that because Nunes I don't really think many fans are just seeing a whole Nunes 2 or a Duranami Nunes 3. Yeah so I, I agree with what you're saying like essentially but I'll say this Cole 
if she couldn't be Holly Holm, she had no chance against Amanda Nunes. And she didn't even win a round against Holly Holm. Yeah. She got shut out, right? So, like, that fight would have been probably a massacre. She probably would have finished in the first round. I mean, that would have been, been close at all. The problem I have with the matchmaking in this card is I think you could have just did Pena versus Aldana instead. And then you would have had one contender Cole. Like, that's it was a simple thing to do. Now you have two veterans in Holm and Doreen Demand. We'll just talk about her in a second here. We'll just skip to her fight. Um, you have them both winning. And yeah, they're both great fighters, but they both fought Nunez in Duranium's case. She fought her twice, Cole. I have no interest in that trilogy fight. We'll talk about Duranium right now. Let's just get into her fight. She won via third round submission, first submission win of her career. Great performance. I mean, great finish, nasty finish, technical submission. It was a competitive fight. I mean, Jermaine won the first round, Ju uh, Juliana won the second round. It looked like Juliana was going to grind it out, but went for a takedown, left her neck out, and Jermaine showed off some new skills. I will say this as well. I thought the commentary in this fight sucked. I thought Dan Hardy's commentary sucked. I Generally, I don't think he's a great commentator, man. And in this case, it was really bothersome that he kept saying like, oh, you know, she's a Muay Thai fighter. She's learning how to do MMA. Dude, she's been an MMA fighter full-time for 10 years, Cole. Like, she's been training her grappling. She just prefers to stand and strike. We've seen her grappling in the past fights, not submission-wise, but her defensive takedowns she prefers to stay in the strike why would she go to the ground she doesn't have to in this case she didn't want to go to the ground Pena wanted to and she choked her out but this whole narrative of she's just a striker is ridiculous to me Cole she's a former UFC champion so this the, the commentary in this fight was just mind-boggling to me I mean I don't want to hate on Dan Hardy too much but honestly Cole I'm not a huge fan of his commentary I don't love Dominic Cruz either I think Paul Felder's really good but man it's like Sometimes watching the, this thing in these fights, Cole, it's like these guys think we're stupid as fans. Like we know who Jermaine Randomy is. We've seen her fight many times. To call her just a striker, I think is such a disservice to her as a fighter, man. You know, she's a former champion. Yes, she did have some negative uh, stigma after she dropped the belt. She vacated it because she doesn't want to fight Cyborg because of the whole PED thing, which is, I think, fair, actually, when you think about it. But she is a full-time mixed martial artist. She is a incredible fighter. I just don't think she beats a man. Nunez. And, you know, I was talking to Aaron uh, Bronsteiner, who's a friend of mine, but me and him disagree on a lot of stuff, including Cam's that he thinks Cam's that should be ranked. I don't. And in this case, he thinks that Jermaine should get a trilogy fight with Nunez. Are you kidding me? I have no interest in that fight. I was at the last fight call. It sucked. It was a boring fight. But even Jermaine said that last week. She's like, the fight was boring for the fans. It was a terrible fight call. I don't want to see that fight again. You know, if man, if these are the fights that Man Nunez has left, I'd rather see her just hang up her belt and leave on a you know 11 to 12 fight win streak, honestly, because I have no interest as a fan in watching Holm or GDR fight New Year's again. Holm's already been knocked out by her. Jermaine got finished, and she lost the decision. But in this division, Cole, I have a feeling they're going to match up these two, which I think makes sense. I think yeah. they do fight. And the winner probably does get the title shot, Cole, but I just have no interest in it. What are your thoughts on that, man? Yeah, I think it probably is the rematch next, but... I don't really think either of them. Like, I don't know. I'm just not interested in Nunez home through two or like Duranami. It was nothing's going to change in that trilogy fight. Nunez knows Duranami kind of rocked her, kind of hurt her on the feet. So Nunez is going to be a lot smarter and just take her down at will again, just kind of hold her down again. It's going to be the exact same fight. I don't think. And then. Holm is going to try to outstrike Nunez, which you're not going to do. Nunez is going to take it out and knock her out again. I just don't see a path victory for either girl against Nunez. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with you completely on that. So I, I do think that's the fight that they're going to, make uh, going to make next. And to be honest, I think it's a fight that we do need to see again because the first fight, I'm not sure if you remember it too well, Cole, but super controversial. 
tons of late punches after the bell by Jermaine that arguably won her the fight, and it was a close fight. It was a unanimous decision, I believe, but it was super close. It was a bad card. That was that Brooklyn card that Dana White said like was one of the worst cards they ever did. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's what we'll see next. But as far as Nunez goes, I mean, she'll fight Anderson in December, then they'll figure it out, I guess. It seems like people forgot that fight's happening, although, you know, you look at the betting line, Cole, and I don't think that fight's going to last very long. Anyways, yeah, so we got through these two fights. But, you know, I, I was really impressed by Jermaine's finish, though. I got to be honest, Cole. Like, seeing her get a submission was shocking. Number was plus 2,300, by the way, so I don't think anyone took that. If anyone took that, you're a liar. Come on. No one better on your fight submission. Anyways, uh, let's going through the rest of the card here. Uh, Carlos Felipe, Jorgen de Castro. This has to be one of the worst co-main events. Like, whose idea was this to put as the co-main event, Cole? I mean, we, me and you were going back and forth. We're like, why is this the co-main event? Again, I think it's such a disservice to Jermaine. I know the UFC doesn't really like Jermaine around me that much. You could tell by the card placement here. That fight should have been the co-main, Cole. You know, um, this Felipe guy, he talks a lot of smack. I'm not impressed by his performance. No. This, guy, this guy's not that good at all. I'm fading both of them yeah. in that fight. Jorgen De Castro, I like Jorgen. He seems like a really nice guy. I think he works at like a school or something. Yeah, like, he does. Cool dude, right? Like, seems like a nice guy, but Cole, he's not that good, man, honestly. Like, he has some power in, for one round. And then after that, he's just a sitting duck. No cardio. He's not really in great shape. Um, I don't know, Cole. I'm just, I'm a little disappointed by this guy because he looked so good in that final contender series. And since coming to the UFC, he did have that win over Taffa, which was nice since then. Greg Hardy picks him apart, and now Felipe picks him apart. And again, I don't think Felipe is that great. For a guy who's talking that much shit, get a finish, dude. Seriously. Like, this guy's talking so much smack, Cole. Can't even knock a guy out and back foot the whole fight. Come on. The, the ref in the third round was so bad. You're going to catch him oh literally God. just put him up against the fence. He literally has him against the fence for one second. The ref separates. Okay, like, so that's referee Kevin Sataki, I believe. And uh, you know what? Like, I'm not, a, I'm not against them breaking up clinches a little faster in general. But this is ridiculous. you got to be kidding me, man. Like, this guy was – like, literally – Felipe or DeCastro would put each other against the fence and he would step in right away. You gotta let the guy work for at least 10 seconds or something. Like, I don't know. That's kind of ridiculous. Anyways, um, next fight Kyler Phillips defeats Cameron Ellis via TKO and Dusko Toto Rhodes defeats Daquan Townsend via TKO. Two mismatches, Cole. I like Phillips. I like uh, Toto Rhodes. They need steps up, though. Obviously, these guys are not UFC caliber. I think you'd agree with me on that. Uh, really interesting fight here. Carl's Conning against Court McGee. Court McGee looked really good in that first round and then got dropped literally at the last second by Condit, and that changed the whole fight. Broke his nose. He reset his fight during the nose call. Guy's so tough, man. Super tough dude. But Condit won. I love Condit in this spot, man. I told you, Cole, like, you got to take Condit as a dog against uh, Court McGee here. So I like Condit here. I think it sets up a big fight for him. I want to talk about Condit quickly. There's a lot of options, I think, now for him. You know, I'm not saying he's a contender. He's not, obviously. He's not even close to what he used to be, but... I think the Nick Diaz fight makes sense. I think Matt Brown makes sense. Uh, Robbie Lawler uh, rematch makes sense. Cole, there's a lot of good fights for him out there. Nate Diaz even makes sense. Like, there's a lot of good fights. Anthony Pettis. So to me, this was a huge win for Carlos in his career. What would you do with him next? What would you be? What would your next fight for Carlos Condit be? I'd do the Matt Brown fight. They've talked about it for a while. They've won it for a while. I think it both makes sense at this point of their careers for both guys. Neither guy is going to go on a run up the rankings. Neither guy is going to beat these up-and-comers. I'd rather see those two fight kind of these older veterans than some young guy make a name off themselves, like make a name off them. So I think that fight makes sense. I think it's Matt. I still am skeptical of Nick Diaz coming back, so it's really just Matt Brown for, for me. Yeah, and when Matt called him out after the fight, I was totally down with it. It's a fight that they booked twice, 2013, 2018. Matt did pull out twice with injuries, and Carlos said bubble wrap him because I want the fight to happen. So that's a fight that makes sense. And 
you know, at this point in their careers, it's not like a, a main card, you know, co-main event or even a head, like, I think a few years ago, I could have been a headliner on a, on a fight night, but I think it's a good prelim. Uh, another fight you call is kind of interesting. Josh Kulabal against Charles Jourdain. Really close fight. The judges actually had a draw, split draw, very rare. Uh, I thought Jourdain won two rounds, yeah. two rounds, but it was it was a close fight. I think the third round could have been 10-8 as well. Um, but you know, a lot of people did have Kulabal the first two rounds, and, and obviously that led to the draw. But I guess you had the you had a uh, Jourdain 29-28 as well. I thought it was pretty clear that Jourdain won round two and three. I thought there was no way Jourdain won round one. But then when I heard 30-27, I'm like, well, I don't think Kulabal won round two or three, so I guess it's probably for Jordan. But I thought 29-28 Jordan was probably the scorecard. I couldn't really see either round being a 10-8 to make it a draw. So I didn't really understand the draw, though. Again, it was two judges. And the judging, honestly, on final line has been a little sketchy. Like, you look at some of the judges, Cole, yeah. I've never heard half these guys. Like, I don't even know who they are. That's the thing that really bothered me. It's like the UFC, Dana, Dana White, will, it, there's going to be a card coming up. I don't know what fight it's going to be. It's maybe a title fight. Hopefully not. But we saw Volkanovski Holloway, questionable judging there. I think you'll have a big fight coming up on Fire Island where you're going to see a questionable judge's scorecard. And Dana White's going to say, who brought these judges in? And you're going to be like, you brought them in, Dana. You guys brought them in. You guys hired these people. So I've never heard of half these judges on Fire Island. I don't agree with the, with the uh, scorecards. I thought that uh, Jordan won, but it was a competitive fight. Next up, uh, Nasruddin Imavov defeats Jordan Williams by decision. This was a, I, I called it as fight of the night, Cole. They didn't give a fight of the night. I think it would have won fight of the night. I think it was the best overall fight. Imavov wins the decision here. Uh, Luma Lukbume, she defeats Jinyu Frey by decision. She looked really good. That tie clinch was nasty, those elbows from the clinch. Jinyu Frey's going to get cut, I think, right? Yeah. She's UFC caliber. I'm sorry, but unfortunately, she made the UFC too late in her career at age 35. I think she would have been a lot more uh, successful a few years ago. That's unfortunate, but... You know, she hasn't looked very good in the UFC. Uh, Casey Kenny defeats Holly Alatang. We got to talk about this one for a sec, for, for, for a few reasons, but holy crap. I mean, this guy's obviously good. We knew he was good coming into this fight. We knew this was kind of a mismatch. My God, this was a beating call. This was a 30-25. It was. I thought 30-25. 30-20. You could have given a 10-8 round every single round. How did how did some judge have it 30-27? That's, that's just lazy judging. Lazy. Can't give a 10-8? Come on. At least the first round and the second round were 10-8s. So 3025 is a good scorecard. Which one judge did have and what the other one had 326. 327, cool. Let me I actually I want to see you score that because that is a lazy decision. That is a lazy judging. You came in right an eight instead of a nine. Who who did that? Let's see who did it. Okay, so yeah, who is Lucas Basaki? Who is uh okay, actually he's the one at 325, so I'll give him credit. Who Dave Torelli is actually a former fighter. He had a 327. That's crazy. A, a former fighter had 327. That is nuts to me, Cole. The other guy, Clemens Werner, I don't know who he is either. I mean, these are judges that are kind of random, right? European judges, to be fair. But, again, you know, if you're going to have a bad decision, and it'll happen soon, Cole, Dana White's going to complain about it. He's going to say, who, why did the commission hire these guys? You guys hired them. Anyways, Kenny's amazing. This guy's incredible, Cole. Now, report broke yesterday. Karen Bryant reported that she, he's fighting Nathaniel Wood at uh, UFC 254. And Marcel tweeted it, and Marcel got a ton of retweets. Everyone's talking about it. And all of a sudden, you know, Nathaniel Wood goes on Twitter. He's like, I haven't heard about this fight at all. And then I know you talked to both guys. Was this some bad reporting or what happened, Cole? Yeah, so I talked to Kenny's manager and he said they haven't even, the UFC hasn't even offered it yet. They don't even know where it's coming from. Then I talked to Brad Pickett, who's Nathaniel's coach. And then his, he's he's one of those guys like Eric Alvarez. He doesn't text. He sends voice memos as his text. 
and it's like this voice message goes, oh, mate, I, I, don't, I haven't even heard of this. I'm just still in uh, England. Hopefully they figure this out soon because I got to fly out to Abu Dhabi do all my testing for COVID. Like, it's got to be figured out sooner. I'm not going to be going and Nathaniel's not going to be going. So The thing about this is, like, I know that UFC sometimes does this. They'll, like, they'll break a fight to the media just to get it out there to put pressure on the guys to sign it. But in this case, both guys didn't know, which is just bizarre. So I don't know if it was a case of really bad reporting or, or what happened. I know that this happens sometimes. I mean, I've, I've – broke news before that was wrong turned out to be wrong so i get it it happens but i'd like to see karen bryan take some accountability for Cole. i haven't seen her tweet once saying you know my information was wrong she just is ignoring people about it which i think is again kind of lazy to be honest with you. karen you know she's been around forever and she's a she's a good reporter and she's been around a long time and i respect her uh for what she does but like take some accountability seriously like, you're a journalist take some accountability if you're gonna report a fight that's false at least you know have the decency to to post a correction, Cole. I think you'd agree with me on that one, right, Cole? I know you would. You would be the first guy to be like, I got my information wrong. And I would do the same thing. Last fight in the card, Cole. Uh, it was Luigi Vendermini, you know, Justin Iori. Wow. I mean, this was really surprising to me. Guy hadn't fought in over two years. He had knee surgery twice. Looked good in this fight. I mean, this was obviously a fight that I didn't have a good read on because I thought Iori win. And Iori actually, man, he looked really big for that division, but gets KO'd here, Cole. One and three record. He'll probably get cut. Benjamin saves his job. This guy's pretty good prospect. 24 years old, Cole. What do you think about him? Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I it was a close fight. I was kind of just one where it was just a coin flip because neither guy's fought for a while. But after that performance, like I'm interested to see his next fight. Hopefully he can make a turn a quick turnaround, make up for some lost time. But he's someone to probably keep your eye out on. I just want to see him. Neither guy, I don't think I didn't really think we're too high on either guy. I'm a bit higher on Luigi now, so I'd want to see him a bit step up competition, see how he does, but I think Aerie is cut for sure, though. Yeah, I think so, too. Let's say some comments here. Turn up MA. What's up, Admin Call? I'll be listening, but as usual, I have a conference call at the same time. Every morning, man, you're, you, what do you do for work anyways, bro? He says, good luck with our bets. Thanks, man. And I got one from Marcus here. Poor fight IQ by Kuabel. Dropped your name, decided to grapple instead of strike. I hate when that happens, Cole. It's so frustrating to watch as a fan. It's like you drop a guy, and then you go down and, and, and hug him to let him recover. Like, at least try to throw ground and pound. This guy just... Again, you know, low fight IQ. It could be his last fight in the UFC. He might get another fight because it was a draw and not a loss, but I don't know. As far as Jordan goes, Cole, this guy's a little bit disappointing, right? Like, he hasn't really been as impressive as I had hoped after TK, his, uh, his TKO run, but it is what it is. Any last-minute thoughts on this, Cole, uh, this card, Cole, before we get to the next one? Yeah, don't start a fight night card at 10.30 Eastern time. Dude, that's, that's the like Dude, ridiculous. And I, me and you were messaging during the main event because I, I work Sunday mornings. I get up at like eight o'clock. It's not like I'm not saying that's super early, but you know, if, when you're going to bed at you know two o'clock after the fight card, it's it's a little it's a little tiresome. I don't sleep that much anyways, but yeah, I think it's way too late. Ten thirty? You kidding me? It ended at about one thirty. That's that's just ridiculous. I know that they had a college football game. I get that, but come on. Anyways, uh, all right. I think that's it for this card, and we'll go on this weekend's card and. Uh, We'll do UFC. I'll do Bellator on Thursday. I'll just do yep. it by myself. Um, we won't have time to do that today. And and to be fair, we'll talk about this really quickly, Paul. Me and you have a bone to pick with Bellator. And I want you to explain why. Go ahead. No, they're not on cable TV in Canada. I was emailed them emailed them for what did I do? I emailed them like two weeks ago. I asked them where I can watch it in Canada. No response. I followed up, no response. Then all of a sudden I tweet about how Bellator is not on cable. 
and a bunch of people retweet it. All of a sudden, I get a random email about a week later telling me how I can watch it. So what did they say to you? They oh, uh, it said it's only on DAZN in Canada. I got rid of DAZN uh, like last year, um, and I haven't looked back. DAZN doesn't have much going on right now. I don't watch soccer, which is one of their big draws. I use it for football, but I my thing. I have other ways to watch that right now. My so. thing's up in December, and I don't yeah, know if I'm going to get yeah, it. Yeah, they do have NFL Canada, which is good, but I have other ways to watch that anyways. Um, I have I actually have a lot of channels on my TV, which is good. Just don't have Bellator. But, you know, I like Bellator. It's, just, it's frustrating, man. And, you know, um, I like their promotion, and, and – <laughs> Their uh, their PR guy threw me a little shade last week. I threw him a little shade back. It's all good, you know. I, I like the I like Bellator. I've been watching for ten years, Cole. But like, make it at least watchable for your fans. Like, people want to watch it. Anyways, let's get to this card, Cole. So we have thirteen fights, Cole. It's going to be another long card. Um, hopefully, this one is ten thirty. I think it starts at eight, which is uh, or five o'clock. I should say for the prelims because we watch them all. Overall, what do you think of this card? Why set up? Yeah, it's a pretty good card. Obviously, main event's really intriguing. Co-main event, Barboza, Mr. Finland, that's a good fight. There's some weird matchmaking, I'd say, where I think it's pretty clear who the UFC wants to win. Especially one guy I'll mention. I just think every single fight in the UFC has just gotten a step back in competition and it continues here. But uh, uh, there are some good fights, like G.H. Kanazi, Omar Morales, on the prelims, we excited to see. Impa Kasangade, Yoakwin Buckley, like, KB Bullers, another Canadian making his UFC debut. A lot of interesting fights. Turn it up, just responded. He said, I work in IT for the Marine Corps. We have meetings about meetings. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you for your service, sir. And pretty sure you're in the States, but regardless, thank you for your service. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty funny. Just ignore what they're talking about, man. Just pay attention to us. All right, we'll start with the first fight here, Cole. A flyweight belt between prospect Tajir Ulanbekov against Bruno Silva. This fight could be really good, actually. I think it could be a fun one. Uh, right now, Tajir is actually a big favorite, minus 390. Bruno Silva, plus 320. Who's your pick? Yeah, this is a clear fight to get Tajir's UFC debut, UFC win. I don't think Bruno Silva is that good. Owen to the UFC, a submission loss to Khalid Taha. Really dominant loss to David Dvorak. He's a guy that fought Casey Kenny to a draw in LFA. And after that one, everyone's like, oh, he's going to be something. But he just hasn't shown much in the UFC. Tagir is Habib's teammate. They want him to get a win. He's looked really good in the uh, Rush Post. I think it's Gorilla Fighting Championship or something like that. His only loss is decision to uh, Zalgas Sumagulov, who's in the UFC. I expect uh, Tagir to get a submission win. We've seen Bruno get submitted by Cleet Daha. I think Tagir is a lot better grappler than Cleet Daha. I think Tagir is going to probably have this fight first, second round by submission. Yeah, I think this is going to be a fun fight, to be honest with you. I think it's going to be two flyweights going at it and should be pretty exciting. I'm kind of leaning towards the fight going the distance, to be honest with you, Cole. Uh, this guy's first fight in the UFC. I'm not sure what to expect. Uh, I think Bulldog Bruno is kind of being a little bit overlooked here. I mean, he does have the two losses in the UFC. But, you know, it's not a great loss, obviously. But the Dvorak loss, I, I think the fight was somewhat competitive. It wasn't like a massive, massive blowout. And Dvorak is a really good fighter, so... Uh, the fact that this guy also has a draw against Casey Kenny a couple years ago, Cole, makes me think we were overlooking him a little bit. But I can't pick him by any means. I want to take Tajir. From what I've seen, this guy he's a really good prospect and, and well-rounded. But I think it's going to be a little bit more competitive than people are expecting. I do expect Tajir to win a decision here, though. So that will be my pick. I don't love the odds. For UFC newcomers who never fought in the octagon, I don't love minus 390, Cole, I'll be honest with you. But he should win this fight. It looks like a fight the UFC booked to get Tajir a UFC win in his debut. Next up, we have Tracy Cortez against Stephanie Egger in a women's 135-pound fight. Right now, we have Tracy Cortez as a minus-235 favorite. Stephanie Egger 
plus 195. And this is not Stephanie Egging, who used to fight uh, Invicta. This is Stephanie Egger, a Swiss fighter. Who's your pick for this one, Cole? I have to go with Tracy Cortez, but I wouldn't be laying that kind of money on her. Egger, if you look at her record, she doesn't have that many notable wins. Her last one, her last fight was in just uh, last month, got a submission win over a girl that's four and four. Beats all, uh, Got a win over that Rena girl at 11 and two in Risen, but then five, four and two, five and two. She does actually have a win over Maria Romero Barella in uh, 2015 in, in Italy, but I think Cortez should just be able to grind a decision win. A lot of her fights go the distance. Ever since losing her uh, pro debut, she's won every single fight. Has some good wins like over Aaron Blashfield, Maria Agapova on Contender Series, beat Vanessa Mello. Not really sure if Vanessa Mello or Agapova, how good they really are, but I just think Cortez will be able to grind a decision over Edgar, but I wouldn't lay that kind of money on her. I'm kind of feeling the same way, but honestly, I think Cortez is a little bit overrated, Cole, honestly. Like, she has the one win in the UFC against uh, Mello, who is, I don't, I don't think she's on the roster. Maybe she got another fight. I don't know how she keeps getting fights, but I don't know, Cole. I mean, I don't I don't think she's like as great as everyone says. And Edgar, like I can't pick her because she's never fought in the UFC. She hasn't fought uh anyone even close to Cortez's level. I'm not saying Cortez is great, but she hasn't fought anyone good. Her I guess she has the win over Mero Romero Romero Barella, but is that girl really any good? I don't think so. I just think she's a bit of a wild card here, though. Like she could win this fight possibly. I'm with you. I mean, I wouldn't really – I don't think I'd bet on Cortez at minus 235. I just think there's too much unknown here with Edgar, but I still have to pick Cortez. I'm going to take a decision here, Cole. I think she grinds it out, but I think the fight's going to be a little closer than people are expecting, man. I, I just – I'm not seeing uh, what everyone else sees in Cortez, Cole. I think she's kind of a grinder, and I don't see her as being this, you know, superstar fighter. She's kind of a grinder, just wins decisions, and I don't know. Next up, we have Giga Chikatsi against Omar Morales. This is my sleeper picker fight of the night, Cole. I think this is going to be an awesome fight. Right now we have – Morales minus 145, Giga Chikatsi plus 125 was your pick. Yeah, this is a really intriguing fight. What I'm really interested to see is how Omar Morales looks at featherweight. He looks like a pretty big lightweight. I don't really get why he's moving down. He had a lot of success in lightweight. Like, he's an undefeated guy. He knocked out Harvey Park on the uh, Contender Series, uh, which was kind of an upset. Then he had a win over Dung Ho Ma, Gabriel Benitez. Like, I'm surprised he dropped down to 45 because both divisions are like equally stacked. He had a lot of success in lightweight. I am going with Omar Morales, though. I Even though Giga's 3-0 in the UFC, i am just not been too impressed. He has two split decisions and the win over Irwin Rivera. I think Omar Morales is probably a better striker. It's pretty even. I think his grappling is a major advantage. I think Omar Morales will be able to grind a decision win. And I think at this small price of a favorite, I honestly don't think that's a bad bet either. I'm actually kind of with you on this one, Cole. I do like Morales here as well. It's it's one of these fights I'm considering for a bet as well because I think the line's really low. I like to bet on guys with low lines. I think he should be a little bit bigger favorite here. This guy's been nothing but impressive, man. He's 10-0. and 0. He trains out, obviously, hard knocks, so he's training at an amazing gym with amazing training partners, and he's looked pretty good in the UFC. He doesn't have a finish yet, but two dominant wins over Benitez and Ma, and he, like you said, that win over Park. Um, he has a fight in Bellator that he won by head kick as well. So to me, this guy's good. The only problem I have with him is his age, Cole, 34 years old. You know, he's kind of made his UFC debut a little bit late. I don't like that about him. That's the one thing that bothers me. He's fighting in division where speed is a kind of a factor here. But, you know, Jiga, I like him too. He's 10 and 2. And the thing about him is he keeps winning as an underdog. No, not the last fight, but the other two fights, I think he won as a dog, right? So people underrate this guy. They look at him and they don't think he's that great, but he's been winning fights that he shouldn't be winning. And this could be another situation where the style matchup might favor him a little bit because it, it's, it could be a striking battle if uh, Morales can't get him to the ground. In that case, Jiga can win a decision here. The problem with Jiga is he's very like uh, 
he takes breaks during his fights a lot. Like he'll throw a punch and then take a break and then he'll do a flurry. And I don't like that. I think Morales will be way more busy. He could lose a decision if Chia keeps his standing cold, but I think Morales will be smart and use his grappling as well. And when either by decision or possibly maybe a submission goal, I think it's possible he could submit this guy. But I do like Morales. You know, uh, you got to take, you have to like, you know, you got to look at both fighters in this fight. You got to be fair to Jiga. He's a good fighter. He's proven that. I just, I just like Morales. He's just, it's one of these fights that kind of stands out to me in the card. So we'll see what happens. But I do like Morales and minus one forty-five. I mean, I'm considering biting on it. I think it was minus one thirty-five, like earlier this morning or yesterday. But you know, keep an eye on that line, guys. It could bounce a little bit, could get a little bit tighter. But I think Morales is a side in this fight. All right, next up, this fight should be good too. Bantamweight belt between Al Alkiesi and Tony Kelly, and right now we have Kelly minus two twenty-five, Alkiesi plus one eighty-five. Who's your pick? I like Tony Kelly here. I just don't like the line. I think it's way too high for him. They're both 0-1 in the UFC. Tony Kelly had one of the best fights of the year. Opened up 252 against Kai Kamaka the third. Really good fight. Al Cassie lost a split to Aaron Rivera. Really close fight. I just think in the UFC debuts, Kelly showed a lot more. I think he's going to be the better striker. I think the grappling's kind of on the same. I think Kelly has the more power, too, or he could even hurt Al Cassie. I think Kelly's probably going to get a... I think probably a decision. El Cassie's tough. Doesn't really get finished. So I expect Tony Kelly, but I don't like that line. I wouldn't even bet that line. It's way too high. This should be like a minus 160, minus 150. Not minus 150, minus 170 range. See, I did the opening odds today, and actually the odds maker, they opened it at uh, Al Cassie as a slight favorite. So the line's flipped, and now Kelly's a clear favorite. I don't agree with that call. I'll be honest with you, man. I think this fight's super close. Like To me, it's probably like a pick with a slight lean to Kelly. So... I'm going to pick Tony Kelly. I was I was impressed by his fight, but there's holes in this guy's game. He got taken down five times in that fight, Cole. Al Casey's more of a striker, but maybe he does mix in a takedown to try to win a uh, decision here. There's just stuff about Kelly that bothers me, too. Like, his age, 33 years old. He took a lot of damage in that last fight. It was a great fight. I think people are just, like, look, like looking at the fight and remembering how exciting it was, Cole, and not really looking at the, 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 the flaws he showed in that fight. Yes, his cardio is good. Yes, his striking is really good, but takedown defense is an issue. Um, inactivity is an issue at times, too. So... I don't know, Cole. Like I, I'm going to pick him here because Al Kiesi, it's not bad. I mean, he he did have a decent performance against Rivera, like, split decision, like, super close fight. But you know, I think Kelly's a little bit more. I'd say. I mean, you look at the the fights. Cal uh, Kiesi actually has more fights, but to me, um, Kelly's been in the game a little bit longer. And and to me, you know, the 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 fight's going to be really close. But I'm thinking he's going to edge on decision, Cole. I, I'm not betting on this fight, guys. Minus 225, no thanks. You know, I think at this point it's dog or pass. Yeah. Al is a little bit underrated, I think, coming into this one. A little bit undervalued here. Um, like I said, I, I would have had Kelly at like minus 130, Cole. I think there's not really any value on him at all. So my pick will be Kelly to win the decision. It's going to be a super close fight, guys. I do not recommend betting on this fight. Next up, Impic is saying against Joaquin Buckley. I'll be honest, I'm a little surprised they booked Buckley this quick after that brutal knocker where his mouthpiece went flying, but... Regardless, in play right now, minus 255, Buckley plus 215. Who's your pick? I like Ava Consagne, but just like the last fight, I think the line's way too high. Um, Buckley did show some, did have some success against Kevin Allen. In, but he's eight, on the field, obviously beat Mackie Patolo, but there was points where on the feet, Patolo had some success. Maybe Buckley is, I think Buckley hits a lot harder than Patolo. Maybe he can connect on Impa. I just think Impa's going to use his grappling like he does, kind of hold Buckley up. I honestly feel like this is a similar fight to what Buckley, Logan Storley was in Bellator, where Storley just took Buckley down. I think that's what Impa's going to do. I think Impa's going to be able to grind out a decision, but 
I think it's a bit too high of a price for me at this point. I mean, I, I like Ip a lot, I'll be honest. I'm super high on this dude. I picked him every fight, including his contender series fight against Kalen Hill, where he was a big underdog, and I picked him in the last two fights. I'm super high on him. I'm not going to stop betting on him now, so I will be um, putting my money on, on Ip in this fight. I do believe he wins this fight, Cole. Buckley coming off a brutal knockout loss just a couple months ago. But, you know, he is a little bit, I think, underrated. I think uh, the guy's quite a bit of experience in Bellator. LFA as well. He does have some KO power. Just I'm always going to fade a guy coming off a knockout loss so recently. And in the case of this fight, I just think Imp is so well-rounded. I think he probably wins the decision call. I think he'll use his wrestling and, and just take uh, Buckley down and grind him and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, again, Cole, it's just it's more of a fade on Buckley because of the brutal knockout loss. That was a bad knockout loss. Man. I'm just surprised they booked him so soon. Like It was the same with that uh, Cadiz Ibrahimov guy lost two weeks ago, Cole. He got booked so quick after that brutal knockout loss to Delizzi. And then goes in there and lays an egg. So I, I kind of feel like that's what's going to happen here. Give me Impa by decision. I do like him here at uh, minus 225. Or, uh, sorry, he's minus, uh, where is he? Minus 255. I think he should be like minus 300. So I, I think there's slight value for a parlay. Next up, we have Rodrigo Nascimento against Chris Dawkins in a heavyweight bout right now. Rodrigo Nascimento minus 270. Chris Dawkins plus 230. Who's your pick? I like Rodrigo Nascimento. I think he's a much better fighter than Dawkins. Dawkins is UFC debut beat. Parker Porter, I think that was kind of a fight. I don't really think, even though he won, I'm not really sure if either guy are UFC caliber. Like if you look at his record, whenever he, like his only real two notable guys he's fought are Sean Teed and Zuna Anoa'i, and he lost both, and he got uh, finished by both. Other than that, like in like his records are the guys he beat two and one, zero oh and two, eight and seven, three and three, two and one, four and four. Like he hasn't really fought that level of competition. I think Rodrigo Nascimento is a lot better. I expect him to take Dawkins down. I honestly think he can maybe even submit Dawkins. We've seen Dawkins get submitted before to Sean Teed. I think maybe he can get that submission win. If not, I think he's going to be able to control the fight on the ground and get a decision win. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I do favor Nascimento here, but uh, I, I think Chris Dawkins is one of these guys, Cole, that he's super tough. He's a cop in Philadelphia. He's super tough. We saw that in the last fight. If Nascimento cannot get him out there in the first, maybe second round, this guy might come back and win late in the fight by TKO. I could definitely see that happening. Yeah. So I'm not going to bet on this fight because I think that there's a very good chance of that happening. I do favor Nascimento, though. He is a really good prospect. His ground game is great. He trains at ATT. I think he'll take down Dawkins and submit him. But like I'm, say I'm saying, Cole, just in my head, I'm playing it out. If this guy doesn't win by first round submission, I could see him going late in the fight and getting TKO'd via strikes by Dawkins in the third round, Cole. So... My pick will be Nascimento by tap out, but uh, I personally am not as confident as uh, obviously betters are because he's minus 270. Next up, this fight's kind of interesting, Cole. Tom Breeze against KB Buller, the Canadian. And uh, right now we have Tom Breeze minus 265, Buller plus two, 225. This is actually our first underdog of the night. I like KB Buller. I think the line is way too high in Tom Breeze's favor. And I think people are like, they overvalue what Tom Breeze is. Like, Look at his record. Every single guy in the UFC he's beaten is no longer in the UFC. He doesn't have a good win. And when he, like, like what's his best win? Probably Daniel Kelly, which is all right. Um, did he, be, no, he lost to Sean Strickland. He lost to Sean Strickland, lost to Brent Allen. And the problem is, Breeze, you don't really know what Breeze is going to get. He has a lot of those. He, he's really open about his mental health problems. He has anxiety before the fights. Yep. He's pulled out of a lot of fights. Like Ian Heinish, the day of the fight, what was that, in... I think it was in London it was uh, pulled out. Yep. I like If you look at his topology, he's pulled out of a lot of fights. I'm just, or no, sorry, it was Cesar Freire because Heinrich ended up stepping in on short notice against that fight. But 
He's a guy that uh, has a lot of problems. I think KB Bowler, undefeated guy. He's used to the UFC because he's corner Tanner Bowser a lot. I think that experience helps him. He's made that walk. He knows what the UFC is like. He's someone that actually has some good work. Like, he beat Matt Dwyer in his last fight. Although he hasn't fought in over a year, that's kind of worrying. I do think he has what it takes to beat Tom Breeze. I think he's going to be able to grind out a decision. And just this dog money, I really like. I think it's worth the stab at. Because, really, I think this fight's close on what the line is set at. This is an interesting fight. And uh, I'm actually with you, Cole. I'm going to take the dog, too. So, we got a consensus dog here. KB Buller, guys. Plus 225. I do think there's value on him, for sure. This is a pick em fight, in my opinion. I think this is a super close fight. It can go either way. Uh, the reason I like Buller is because I'm fading Tom Breeze here. Um, you know, I like Tom Breeze. He seems like a really nice guy and everything. But... You know, this is the fight game, Cole. When you have that kind of an issue going into your fight where you're actually, like, nervous going into a fight, that is really scary. As someone who does deal with anxiety himself, I, I know how that feels. But I can't even imagine going into the cage feeling anxiety. So, you know, hopefully this guy's taking care of it somehow. But that's something that stays with you for a long time, man. And, you know, coming off the knockout loss versus Brandon Allen, Cole, that worries me. He hadn't fought in two years before that. He's just been so inactive, Cole, pulling out of so many fights. KB Buller, obviously, is his UFC debut, so that – isn't uh, a positive here and he hasn't he hasn't had a fight in over a year that's also a knock on him but he's a little bit younger he's really tall six four for this weight class and he's undefeated he's ever lost so to me there's some things to like about this guy he's pretty well-rounded fighter call he can win by strikes he can win by uh, submission win by decision so i think he has multiple ways to win this fight I think he's been a close fight but i do think kb buller probably wins this fight so my picks gonna be kb buller call i think he won this fight and to be honest with you he probably does stop Tom Breeze if he does win the fight. I'm kind of leaning towards a, a TKO. What are you thinking for your uh, method? Yeah, I'm probably sure. thinking a late finish. Just to, yeah. I'll probably hurt him, ground him, pound him out. I don't. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes the distance, though. Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't like bet on a prop for this one. Um, maybe there's value. Buller's just worth straight up at this price too. Yeah, like, I, 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 I don't right. think you have to go prop hunting on him. You're right. You're right. So give me KB Buller here plus two twenty five. You have a consensus dog. All right, I think that's it for the prelims. Yep. yep. So main card, Yusuf Salah against Ilya Topuria. This is a good fight, too. This could be a sleeper fight of the night. Right now we have Salah minus 185, Topuria plus 160. Who's your pick? I like Yusuf Salah all day here. I just am really high on him. He's already 3-0 this year in the UFC. Wins over Austin Lingo, Jordan Griffin, Peter Barrett. I think he probably should have finished that Peter Barrett fight. The big question to me is, does the law finally get that finish? He's really he's someone that is really frustrated when he doesn't get the finish. Three straight decision wins. That Barrett one, he had Barrett hurt. I'm kind of worried what Tapera is going to be like. He's 23, so he's obviously really young, but he's taking this fight on short notice. He's an undefeated guy. And if you look, he finishes a lot of his fights in the first round. So my big concern is, what's that going to look like when he gets to that second or third round? He's never been there. I think it's going to be interesting if Salah can start to grind him out, bring him into that third round, and maybe Salah finishes him late. But I like Yusuf Salah either way. Yeah, I like Salah too. I mean, you can't bet against him, obviously, because he's looked incredible in the UFC. Three wins in 2020 alone. This guy is a good fighter, man. Good prospect. Trains in a good camp. And he's been impressive, man. You know, he's got a four-fight win streak right now. But, you know, he has lost a few times, Cole. And also, I, I don't like the fact he hasn't finished a fight yet. I'd like to see him get a finish in the UFC. You know, but I have to pick him here at Tapuria. His UFC debut at pretty short notice, I think. Yeah. Filling in for Song Wu Choi got injured. That would, like, I didn't understand that fight. That would have been, a, I think, a really easy fight for us all, but arguably even easier. Cause I think this guy does have some, some characteristics that could lead to an upset because he's undefeated. He's, he's really young. He's only 23 years old. Um, Zalal's also young, 24. But, you know, this guy does have a good ground game. Maybe if he gets to the ground, he could 
possibly pull it off. I don't think so, though. I'm going to take Zalal here. Surprise, the line's a lot higher, Cole, I'll be honest with you. I think minus 185 is not a bad bet, guys. This guy has so much experience now in the UFC. He's really good. a good quality fighter. And a good. these are the kind of guys I like to bet on. Good quality fighters, good fight IQ. They just win their fights. It might not be the best fight in the card, but I think you'll win the fight. It's a law by decision. Minus 185 is not bad either. All right, this is uh, this one. Oh, man. The line on this one, wow. Um, Tom Aspinall against Alan Baudot. Aspinall minus 465. Baudot plus... 375. Are you going to take the Frenchie or are you going to take the Brit? I'm going with Tom Aspinall, but no way you can lay this kind of money. Like, uh, I have some major concerns with Alan, but oh, he hasn't fought since April of 2019, and his win to get into the UFC is by disqualification. How often do you see that? Someone that gets into the UFC off of disqualification. He fought TO. Look at who his last loss was to. It was to Dalton, and he got knocked out in 26 seconds. I don't think Dalton's that good. So if you lose in 26 seconds to him, I think Tom Aspinall's going to be able to knock you out. Uh, uh, but was also moving up uh, to heavyweight, which kind of makes this more interesting because I think Aspinall's going to be a lot bigger. I think he's going to pack more punch. I expect Aspinall to knock Bado out, but no way you can lay that kind of money on Tom Aspinall. Yeah, you have to pick Aspinall here, obviously. I mean, the guy looked really good against Jay Collier, but Jay Collier... Looked like, a, like a just bleed fan stepped. In. <laughs> like the, he was not in shape for that fight, and that fight with John Vellante is going to be terrible, by the way. But uh, like he fought a guy who wasn't in shape at all. Cole. Like the guy showed up like literally hundred pounds over his last weight. <laughs> like he wasn't in shape, and he did KO him quickly. But what did we learn from that fight, Cole? We already knew he had KO power. I got to pick this dude. I mean, he obviously is a good prospect. He has fast hands. He has KO power. I like Tom Aspel. Minus four sixty five. I don't like. I don't like the price because it's a heavyweight fight, Cole. So I mean, you never know, right? But though he does have power, Cole, he has a lot of wins by knockout. I mean, he could catch this dude. But at the same time, you know, Bado hasn't fought in a year and a half. He doesn't really have any good wins. He also got KO'd by Dalcha Lugambula, who's like borderline UFC fighter, Cole, which scares me too. Um, if Aspinall can, if Lugambula can knock him on twenty six seconds, I'm pretty sure Aspinall could do the same thing. So I'm I'm gonna take Aspinall by knockout. Let me, where's the Prop on that. I mean, I'm sure it's juiced, anyways. What is it though? Uh, Aspinall. Here it is. I wish best fight odds would have the fight, the, the fights in the right order, by the way. Mm -hmm. Outside distance, minus 195. You can't even touch that. You can't lay a prop. You can't I, even bet this fight. can't really bet it. It's dog or pass, but I wouldn't even touch the dog. Actually, one bet you could do to call is maybe Ooh. under one and a half, possibly one and a half rounds, minus 150, potentially. But even that's kind of risky because you never know if he doesn't get the finish, he could go a little bit late. I don't love I don't love uh, over unders, but I'm pretty sure Aspinall will take the win here by by first round KO. But uh, I still love the line. I will say this about Bado. There's a quick little anecdote here. This Todd Stout guy who we beat in his last fight. So Todd Stout, I met him at Substance Cage Comedy. I'm looking at the event 2014 in Toronto. It was at a hockey arena call in like Northern Toronto. Um, who was on the card? Kyle Nelson was on the card. Alex Rishi was on the card. Uh, a couple other guys, Toronto fighters, but I remember this fight and he lost the decision that night, but it was a, it, you know, he was a guy that uh, I had heard good things about. He trains with Elias Theodore and those guys at Grant's Brothers. I don't know if that gym's even around anymore, but he was training there. Now, I started talking to him in the parking lot after the fight and, and you know, he goes like, he's like, hey man, because at the time I was training, I was training uh, MMA and he was like, hey man, you should come train with me at Grant Brothers. I was like, yeah, that sounds great. My friend Carlin, Carlin Barsley is a really good friend of mine. He doesn't really cover him anymore. He lives in uh, Taiwan now. But 
at the time he's like he's like i gotta talk to someone i'm like what he's like dude that guy's not a good guy i'm like why and he's like go and google his name go and google todd stout guys you will see the news article i'm talking about that guy's not a nice guy and he's a guy who wanted to get in the ufc but with that kind of a background man geez so you know just randomly but if you want to look at the guy that uh that uh but got the win over by dq to get in the ufc todd stout go google him and read what his history it's it's not good and may fires don't generally have good histories this guy's is really bad um next up marcus perez against Driscus Duplessis. This is an interesting fight, Cole. Um, right now we have Driscus Duplessis is a minus one sixty favorite and Perez plus one forty. What are your thoughts on this one? I actually like the underdog Marcus Perez here. I know Duplessis had a lot of success in KSW beat, uh, knocked out Roberto Soltic, then got knocked out in the next fight to him. But the thing is he's taking this fight on short notice. Marcus Perez was training for that jiu-jitsu guy in Rodolfo Vieira. So I think and I just think he gets overlooked. I know he lost one determined. He did submit Anthony Hernandez. He's kind of been inconsistent. He lost Andrew Sanchez, beat uh, James Boschovich, lost uh, Eric Anders. But he does have a decision over Ian Heinrich and LFA to win the belt. I'm kind of worried about to pull this gas tank. He's going to look like on short notice. He hasn't fought in nearly a year. I just like Perez's proven commodity in the UFC. I think he'd be able to grind out a decision. But even though I think he's a dog, I, I kind of just stay away from this fight because I wouldn't be surprised if Topolish ends up winning this fight. I completely agree with everything you just said, actually. I wouldn't bet on this fight either, even though I am taking the dog as well. I'm going to take Marcus Perez, but it's it, – I have to pick someone here, you know. I just – I like the experience in the UFC, but this guy has a lot of problems with his game. His cardio definitely bothers me. If he doesn't get the first-round stoppage, he might lose the decision here. Um, but he's definitely got a good submission game, and, and he does have the experience, Cole. And this fight, generally, even the losses have been pretty competitive. Driscus to Plessis, uh, the guy definitely has some good, you know, sub submissions and knockouts on his resume. He's a dangerous guy, and he could win this fight, but I kind of feel like the line should be flipped just based on the experience. Also, this guy's taking the fight on short notice, too, so I'm a little surprised he's uh, this big of a fair, minus 160, Cole. To me, it's like a pick-em fight, so I'll take Perez, but it's just one, he's one of those guys that I don't I don't like betting on guys like this that are so inconsistent, win-loss, win-loss. I like guys on win streaks. I'm going to pass on this fight, but I will take Perez. Um, I think probably decision, maybe submission. What are you thinking? Yeah, I think... I think the same. I'm going to lead towards decision. I wouldn't be surprised if we submit some. I agree. All right, next up, heavyweight belt, Ben Rothwell against Marcin Tabura. Minus 165 for Ben Rothwell, Marcin Tabura plus 145. I'll, I'll tell you how this fight's going to go, Cole. Either someone gets KO in the first round or it's a three-round slop fest. Who's your pick? Oh, I'll tell you, it's going to be a three-round boring fight. I don't think either guy finishes each other. I think this is a – no way I'm, I'm going to pick Ben Rothwell, but no way I'm betting either guy. Uh Tybora, can he probably hold Ben Rothwell up against Cage on the ground? Probably. Can Rothwell probably do the same to Tybora? Probably. I honestly am not looking forward to this fight at all. I don't think it's. I don't think it's gonna be that exciting. I'm gonna pick Ben Rothwell by decision. I don't even care to lay money on either guy. I don't expect this to be the most uh, exciting fight, but I think Ben Rothwell is probably just a bit more well-rounded and grind out a decision. I'm surprised Ben's only 38. I mean, he's been fighting for 19 years. It seems like he's a little bit older than that, like in his 40s, but somehow he's only 38. And, you know, Ben's looked okay lately. He's got two straight wins. He knocked out Struve, controversial a little bit. And then the OSP fight against a much faster guy, and he, and he, fin and he didn't finish him, but he won a decision there. Um, you know, Ben's been around a long time. He's super experienced. He's extremely durable, super hard to knock out, good finishing skills on the ground and standing. Like, he's a really dangerous dude, man. He's got good submission game. Um, but Tabura is one of these guys that he he makes people 
who's ever beaten Tabrus look really good besides I guess Sakai? No one really, right? Like he makes guys look bad, even in in victories or losses. So this this could be a really bad fight because Tabura, it could be a situation called like you just said, he could just push Rothwell against the fence and maybe get some takedowns and win a really ugly decision like that Spivak fight. That fight was absolutely hot garbage. Or also the Grishin fight was terrible, a terrible fight. I know this guy is getting more fights in the UFC because he's coming off wins. If he loses this fight, they might cut him cold because he's not exciting. So to me, this guy's been a major disappointment in signing the UFC. He was coming off some really nice wins in M1. And since coming to the UFC, I, I have not been impressed at all. Um, the only good win he ever had was the uh, the Victor Pesta fight back in 2016 where he KO'd him in his debut or his second fight in the UFC. That's it. Other than that, this guy's been really disappointing. Ben Rothwell, I'm going to take Ben Rothwell. I think he probably grinds up a decision. Cole, it's going to be an ugly fight, though. Um, hopefully there's a quick knockout, but I, I don't know. Co-main event, Edson Barboza against Macron and Mercani. Um, right now, Barboza minus 260, Macron plus 220. Who's your pick? I don't get why I see so many like handicappers on Macron and Mercani. I don't really see a path of victory for him. I know everyone's saying, oh, Mercani's going to submit Edson Barboza. Look, look, uh, Habib Nurmagomedov did not submit him. Kevin Lee did not submit him. They are miles better grapplers. Benil Darius didn't have much success on the group. Like, he wasn't able to get Barbosa down to submit him. I would take all three of those as a better grappler than Macwan Amir Khani. I think this is very similar to the Shane Burgos fight, where Barbosa's going to stuff the takedowns, keep standing, and just pick apart Amir Khani, eventually land a knockout punch, or just ground pound him out. I don't think Amir Khani's going to be able to get Barbosa down. I think Barbosa probably second, third round TKO, and he gets his first UFC win at Featherweight. 100% agreed with everything you just said. I love Barboza in this spot. This is a terrible matchup for Amerconi, in my opinion. Barboza, great takedown defense and elite striking. Probably one of the best strikers we've ever seen in MMA. So this guy is fantastic. I love Edson Barboza. His last two fights, I thought he won his last two fights, Cole, against Felder and against uh, Ige. I thought he won decision. I know you didn't think he beat Ige, but... I thought he beat... I'm on the totally different of what EA's last fights, I thought Bactic beat EA, and I thought EA beat Barboza, and everyone's yeah, kind yeah. of slept on those. Yeah, Cole, Cole, you're kind of a weird guy. I'm just kidding, man. But, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, it was a competitive fight, obviously. But is really good, Cole. You know, so even the fact he went to split decision is pretty pretty good for his debut at 145. Obviously, the weight cut is always a concern with this guy to 145, but uh, I just don't see why people aren't a Macron here. Like, what's there to like about Macron? I know his ground game is, is really good, but I'm telling you right now, guys, Barboza is extremely hard to take down. He's been submitted twice in his career. One was against Donald Cerrone where he got dropped with a jab and Cerrone went to take his back right away. The other fight was against Ferguson, which no shame in that. So I don't think Macron's on this guy's level. You know, um, He has one round to win this fight. I think he can win the fight in the first round, potentially by submission. That's it. I expect Barboza to tool this guy and, and win this, uh, probably a TKO. I'm with you, Cole. I think it might look like the Dan Hooker fight where – Macwan is going to take a lot of damage, but I don't think Macwan's as tough as Dan Hooker. So I think this fight might end, you know, a little bit sooner than that. The over-under is set at minus two and a half. I think it goes under, personally. Um, also, Barboza by TKO. What is that? There's no prop on that right now, but we have Barboza inside distance plus 110. That's not bad. Here's a bet I like, guys, and I'll give a bet out here. Macwan or um, Edson Barboza to beat Macwan and Mercani, and you parlay him with Impact Sangre to beat Walking Buckley, even money. I like that bet a lot. I think both of those guys win those fights, and I like that bet. Parlay of Barboza and Impact Sangre for even money. So that's my bet. Main event, Cole. And, uh, you know, this is a great fight. I love this matchup. Marlon Moraes against Corey Sanhagen. Right now we have 
Corey Sanhagen, minus 135. Marais, plus 115. Marais open as a slight favorite. Line's flipped. It's going to keep, I think, being close up until fight day. Expect a really close line. Could actually end it like a pick em call. I think it's that close of a fight personally, but I know you have a strong leaner. Who's your uh, pick in this one? I already have a bet on it. I oh. beat the line. <laughs> I you're, I, you're picking Corey Sanhagen, obviously. I'm picking Marlon Marais. Oh, I got Marlon Marais. <laughs> I, pay, I got Marlon Marais at plus 130. I'm pretty happy with that line. I don't think you're going to get any better than that. I don't like this matchup for Corey Sanhagen. The last time Sanhagen fought someone like a Marlon Marais was John Lineker, and it was a very close fight. Marais hits harder than Lineker. He's a better striker than Lineker. I think he's a better grappler. The only thing, I think Marais is a better grappler than Sanhagen. I think he's probably better. He hits harder. I think the only thing Sanhagen has is, <clears throat> sorry, is the reach. And you could say the gas tank because Marais gassed out against Suhudo, but I think that was more the body shots that Suhudo landed that kind of gassed him out. But I, Sanhagen's never gone five rounds, so that's a big uh, concern. I think Marlon Marais is going to finish Corey Sanhagen. I think he's going to drop him in either, similar to the Asuncao fight, not in the first round, but it's either going to be a drop him and jump on a choke and submit him, or it's just going to be a drop him and finish him off by a ground pound. I like Marlon Marais here. I think at plus money, I think it's a great bet because I think it's probably going to become a pick and by fight night. I mean, it's interesting, Cole, because I, I actually thought you'd be on Sanhagen here, to be honest with you. Because um, when I talked to you last night, I don't like asking Cole who he's going to pick, but I just said, you know, what are you thinking? And he said, I have a strong lean towards one guy. I assumed it was Sanhagen. This fight to me is super close. I am not going to bet in this fight because I think it's super close. I will say this. I do think Marlon should actually be favored. I think the odds are actually flipped the wrong way. Um, and again, they opened with Marlon as a slight favorite. So uh, I think the betting action is kind of disrespecting Marlon a little bit here, Cole. I mean, this guy is always in like, you know, fights where he's winning. And a lot of the times he's a dog in these fights, Cole. And he's so good. He's number one contender. He's so dangerous, striking, ground game, everything. The problem with Marlon Rice is cardio is not good, Cole. And it's a five-round fight, and that bothers me. So... I think Sanhagen has the better cardio. If Sanhagen can survive the first round in two first two rounds, I think he can win the decision here. So that's kind of how I'm leaning a little bit Sanhagen by decision. But man, I am not touching this fight. And honestly, I was kind of leaning towards Marais until I looked into it a little bit more. So I couldn't be overthinking this one. And you know, I'll, I'll keep looking at this one. Maybe I'll, I'll change my mind. Doubt it though. I never really do. Um, Sanhagen by decision, but I'm not touching it. And you know, Cole obviously is a strong leader. Uh, I'll take Kenshiro's comments. We only have five minutes left. And sure, I picked Marlon to Sanhagen's week. Yeah, the last fight was so bad. I, I was so disappointed with that fight. And I think we were both on Sanhagen there. You were too, right? And against that uh, Aljo. Yeah. Yeah. Ken Shiro says it's done deal. Darren's paying 5K to quarter Mike Perry for smaller. Yeah, I just saw Ibrahim Kawa just tweeted that, which is awesome. It's so weird, but it's, it's so cool, man. It's so funny. And <laughs> 5K. Mike Perry put a tweet out the other saying, whoever pays me the most is going to be my corner. And I, I think Josh Thompson was the one on weighing in. Uh, Podcast said said that, so that's kind of cool. Let's see, your straight wager. Good luck on your parlay. Show money, main event, not to go distance, tempting. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's five rounds, right? So definitely could uh, could go on under the distance. We also got a negative comment here. Whatever, man. You want to be a hater, bro? Go ahead. I don't really care, man. I'm living a great life, dude. So whatever you want to say. Uh, let's see here. I uh, got some just a quick news call. We don't have much. We don't have much time to talk about this call. Um, let's talk about quickly the main event of UFC 256. Uh, it is now not going to be Kamaru Usman against um, Gilbert Burns. That fight's not happening. So Gilbert might still stay on the card. He's talking now saying he might fight Leon. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're just going to do Francis versus uh, Stipe Cole. I think that makes a lot of sense. They have to get that fight out of the way and get that division moving. So what are your thoughts on that? Again, we don't have much time to talk about this stuff, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's uh, Stipe Francis too. And what's kind of interesting, I don't know if you saw, uh, Sterling was tweeting at Yan saying, oh, let's do it that. Day and Yan responded said 
look, the holdups are not on me. The UFC has different plans. And when I talked to Marlon Marais, he kind of, like, he wouldn't say for sure, but he's like, look, people forget your last performance. I went over Sterling. If I go with him and finish Sanhagen, I'm fighting for the belt. So I wonder if the UFC is waiting till this Saturday night to figure out what they're going to do with Bantamweight. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Kamzak uh, Tremayev still doesn't have a fight. Steven Thompson, you know, all these guys. Yeah, I, he doesn't Kamzak, deserve Thompson. Not at all. He doesn't deserve a top, ten, arguably top ten or fifteen guy. I mean, Neil Magny's out here calling him. Out. He's ranked number ten. That's the fight to make. Cole, I think it's pretty like rude of this guy just to kind of you know keep ignoring what Magny's saying. And same with Ali. Ali just ignores Neil Magny. Al, now Alex Cowboy Oliveira's calling him out. That fight makes sense too. This guy does not deserve to rank opponent uh, in the top five. Not even close. Neil Magny number ten is more than he can ask for. That's the fight to make, Cole. And to be honest, Cole, I think Neil Magny can actually beat Cam's. I, I think it's a dangerous match for him because of the cardio. Neil Magny's cardio is such a weapon. All right, uh, John Jones, Israel, Adesanya, they keep going back and forth. Are we going to see this fight, Cole? Or are they just going to keep talking shit? Because it's kind of getting boring, I'll be honest. I think the fight makes more is a lot bigger if there's a belt on the line. So either Israel Adesanya has to move up to light heavyweight, try to beat Jan, or John Jones comes back to light heavyweight, tries to beat Jan, gets the belt back. It's still a big fight with a no titles, but if there's a shot for either Israel Adesanya's a two-way champion trying to defend against John Jones, or John Jones, the t- say he comes back, beats Jan as a champion, and Adesanya's looking to become a double champ, I think that's what makes it a lot bigger. I think it's going to happen next year. I hope it's for a belt, but if not, it's still an amazing fight. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Kenshiro says Kamzat uh, will fight Neil Magny or Vincente Lugay. They're both ranked actually tied at number 10. Both those fights make a lot of sense. I don't think Lugay would take it, but Magny wants to fight, man. Give him the fight. I've been saying Neil Magny or Gunnar Nelson. For Dude, I've been saying Magny for months now. I mean, get that fight done. Or Kevin Holland, but I think he wants to fight 170 his next fight. So I think that's why that makes sense. Kenshiro says, you got to be steep. You come heavyweight champ, fight John Jones, biggest heavyweight battle. Be a great fight. Marcus, great question. If you're managing Edwards, who would you advise to be on the fight next? I think it's mm-hmm. Stephen Thompson. And that fight, they're, they both, like, Stephen wants it. And Leon, I love Leon Edwards. He's such a great fighter. Cole, he's got a, who's his manager? I mean, this guy's a fought in a year and a half. Get him a fight, guys. Seriously. He's becoming irrelevant by the day. You know, this is a sport that moves so fast, Cole. They got to get him a fight. Kenshiro says Neil Maggie can't beat Hamzat. Neil's unreliable and fights scared for certain fighters. Uh, Hamzat's axe murderer. He'll, Neil will uh, crap his pants. I don't know about that. Neil Neil has second most wins all time at welterweight behind GSP. He is so underrated, man. I think he has a good chance to beat Hamzat. I'm not saying I'd pick him. I, I'd probably pick Hamzat because of the power and the submissions, but I think Neil would have the chance to win that fight. Uh, Mike Perry says his corner man. We were talking about that. Uh, Dana says the winner of uh, Ortega and Zombie is going to fight for the belts. And... Um, I guess that kind of makes sense, but I kind of feel like it's getting uh, Rodriguez and, and Zabit uh, uh, kind of some shade from the UFC. I mean, these guys aren't fighting. they got to get that fight doing uh, going soon. Really quick, Colby, literally got a minute left. Give me your thoughts on the, the switcher at 255. we got Figueroa now taking on Alex Perez and Moreno taking on Roy Lowe, a fight that you broke. Really quick, Cole. Give me your thoughts on that. I, like, I actually like both these fights better than what they originally were. I think Roy Lowe Moreno is a great fight. I think Perez probably should have been fighting for the belt. I did like Garvin going down to 125. I thought he's going to get knocked out anyway, so it's obviously not as good for the UFC, though, because it's not that good of a main event for a pay-per-view. Yeah. Claudio Silva's taking on James Krause. That's a short-notice fight. And here's another one you broke, Cole, and you've been killing it, man, so good job, kid. Alex Hernandez against Chris Grutzmacher. Kind of bizarre matching a little bit. I know that's exactly what you told me. You're like, kind of weird. Grutz is a decent fighter. He hasn't fought forever. I think his last one, Joe Lozon, right, wasn't yeah. it? So forever ago. Um, you got to like Hernandez. I think he'll be a big favorite there. Yeah, I think it's to get Hernandez back in the win column. The UFC likes him. I agree. And Kachur says, uh, Zombie deserves a title fight after he assault and batter a week. Ortega. 
That'd be so messed up if Briar Taker came in here after two-year layoff, beats Zombie, and then gets a title shot over guys like Calvin Cater and Zabi who've been winning fights like all the time. That's it for the show, guys. Really appreciate it. Cole, plug your stuff. We'll get out of here. Yeah, the show is Marlon Marais, Tim Johnson, Giga, Yusuf Salal. Also talk Czech Congo and then fighter picks for Marais Santagin. Guys, follow Cole on Twitter, man, and follow his podcast too. I mean, Cole's killing it, man. He's getting so many interviews. Cole is one of the most underrated reporters in the game right now. So seriously, follow this guy. He's he's killing it. Uh, for me, follow me on Twitter at Martin Podcast, maoddsbreaker.com. So our YouTube channel, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, everywhere you can find the podcast. Trying to grow it, guys. So definitely check that out. BJPen.com, always there for the news. MARings.net, got an article about who I think Carlos Connor should fight next. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I'll be back Tuesday at 10 a.m. to talk about some more MMA. Bye.